Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. Before we kick off the show, I just wanted to take a moment to remind you that the ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is taking place in Barbados this summer. This, by default, gives all of my fellow cricket fanatics the perfect excuse to go and book a holiday to Barbados in June and experience firsthand the euphoric atmosphere at the Kensington Oval, the cricket mecca of the Caribbean. If the cricket alone isn't enough to tempt you, then let me be the one to remind you that a trip to Barbados can also include leisurely strolls along the breathtaking coastline, mouth-watering flavours of the world-class Bayesian cuisine, and, of course, plenty of rum. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, the best place to be a cricket fan. Anyone who's a fan of your uh, podcast will know this one. Hello and welcome to the following on podcast. I am Sam Ellard. Team Talk Sports have arrived in Wellington. We are so excited to be here ahead of the second test match between New Zealand and England. It gets underway UK time Thursday nights at 10 o'clock. And of course, every single ball of the series is going to be live on Talk Sport 2. I'm currently sat in Talk Sport 2's commentary box here at the iconic Basin Reserve. What a ground, what a venue. I'm so excited to be here. And coming up on the following on podcast, you will hear from the England spinner Jack Leach, the Daily Telegraph's cricket correspondent Nick Holt, and you will hear a sneak peek of a very special sit-down exclusive interview between our double-ashed winner Steve Harmison and England's two greatest bowlers of all time, Stuart Broad and Jimmy Anderson. This is the following on podcast. So here we go. Team Talk Sport ready to do it all again. We have arrived in Wellington. I am sat at the Basin Reserve in Talk Sport 2's wonderful, big, luxurious commentary position. We are all set up and ready to go. Unfortunately, as I look up at the moment, it's very, very dark, very cloudy indeed. Let's hope the rain stays away and we get lucky like we did in the first match at Mount Monganui. Of course, England winning that first test match in the end very convincingly by 267 runs. It's 10 test wins from 11 for England under Brendan McCullum and Ben Stokes. It's a great time to be an England fan and an amazing time to be covering England cricket. So here we go. All attention now. Turn to the second test match. And a short while ago, I spoke with the England spinner, Jack Leach. Thank you for speaking with TalkSport. Um, it was uh, another victory for England in that first test match. A few days on, just what are your reflections on the win and the performance? Unbelievable performance from the guys. Um, yeah, amazing to be a part of. And... Um, Obviously, great crowd, um, lots of uh, Barmy Army there, and um, no, it's a great, um, great thing to be a part of. And yeah, looking forward to this week. 
Um, a lot of the match was all about sort of, you know, how the batsmen would face under the lights, the pink ball. We saw, you know, Brody in particular on that on, on day three with a, a pretty good spell. But what did you make of, of your own performance and how did you find bowling on that wicket? Uh, yeah, probably quiet for me, but um, yeah, Brody was unbelievable. Obviously, Brody and Jimmy going past a thousand wickets together. It's amazing to kind of play in the same team as them. Um, and yeah, we were just all really happy for them. Um, and yeah, I think um, it was tricky under lights, um, very, like very different during the day. So um, yeah, amazing that we could sort of force the game a little bit I think and that's obviously what we're trying to do in all cricket but in that pink ball game it made a real difference obviously um, declaring that first innings um, and kind of the speed that we're maybe batting at is allowing us to kind of dictate the game and when we're when we're bowling so um, yeah really kind of cool to experience um, that as well. And new ground here, a new wicket, and different challenges. I think spinners in this wicket the last couple of years maybe haven't had the best of records. What sort of challenge do you think you're expecting here over the next couple of days? Uh, yeah, I think it will be a, a tough challenge. I think it's really good for me as a spinner to experience these kind of um, uh, pitches, I guess, and um, keep working on my craft, obviously working hard with Jeets. And, um, yeah, I think, um, you know, for going back to England as well, like, you know, I probably find that this is um even harder than you know um back in england you know the duke's ball probably a bit harder and offers a little bit more so hopefully they, these experiences actually really uh progress my development quickly and um you know that will help me in the future and for a long time you were england's night watchman and you did a very good job of it um how did you find watching the night hawk strip broad go out there and and do his thing were you sort of watching it thinking oh, i wish i i wish i uh, had the same approach when i was batting um yeah I definitely do I think um it's very nerve-wracking doing night watchman for a night hawk um <laughs> I think um yeah that was um nerve-wracking times but um no um otherwise um just please that he can go out and express himself and I guess that's the kind of messages that guys go and um, play their natural games and um, really express themselves. So it's um, it's just fun and cool and exciting to be a part of. And just last one for me, again, 10 wins from 11. Everything's going so well at the moment. Is it now just a case of more of the same, exactly the same, same approach, same mindset? Because everything's, everything seems to be coming off at the moment. Yeah, I think it's got to be. And it would be silly to sort of change how we're going about things. I think um, the danger is obviously maybe that you try and protect what you've created. And I think, um, you know, maybe when we started this, you know, we had nothing to lose as a side. And I think it's important that we keep playing with that kind of um, attitude, I guess. And, um, yeah, uh, Baz is definitely very good at keeping us in that kind of place where, um, you know, we're here to entertain and put on a show. And, and yeah, there is nothing to lose. And, and I think that's when we're playing our best cricket. That's Shagley speaking with TalkSport a short while ago. I'm delighted to say I'm now joined on the outfield here at this incredible ground by the Daily Telegraph's chief correspondent, Nick Cole. He wanted to make sure that I didn't get that wrong. How are you doing? I'm very well, Sam. Thank you very much. Thank you for speaking with the, uh, the following on podcast. Um, Nick, firstly, you've been covering England cricket for a long time. This ground here, the Basin Reserve, as we take a look around, a little bit grey at the moment, but oh my, it's, it's some spectacle, isn't it? It's a little bit of a step back into the past. You know, you don't have the kind of corporatisation of test cricket here that you get in other parts of the world and certainly back home in England. Um, the fans will absolutely love the atmosphere here. Um, it will be 
sold out for the first three days, which doesn't happen that often in test matches in New Zealand, so that's that's a great sign and testament probably to the cricket that England are playing at the moment. Um, just hope the weather holds, because mm. I think the first two days it looks like it's going to be wet, and the problem with this ground is when it's wet, it's also really cold. Um, fingers crossed. I mean, to be fair, we thought they'd be rained, didn't we, in the first test match? We, sort of, we, got, we got quite lucky, didn't we, that seemed to, to miss Mount Monganui. Um, looking back on the first test match... Overall, was that a pretty dominant England display? Did you feel as if uh, the large parts of that Test match they were they were in control really after losing the toss? Absolutely crushing performance. I mean, I think that they were they 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 sort of they were the puppet masters controlling controlling the game probably from from halfway through day one. Um, the declaration on day one was smart um, and and ensured that New Zealand were batting the most difficult time in the game. The same thing happened in the second innings. The way that they paced their second innings, um, totally in control and. and Look, we, we're sort of pinching ourselves, aren't we, the cricket that we're seeing, especially if you think back to 12 months ago when they left Jimmy Anderson and Stuart Broad out the West Indies tour, lost a miserable test match in Grenada, and all the change that they went through, it's just brilliant to see. And, uh, um, and, and they're playing cricket in the right way. They're not being boorish or arrogant about it. They're, they're, they're just trying to entertain people. Um, it's not always going to work, and it is going to, there's obviously going to be a period where, where things are not going to go, go, go as well for them. And, the thing about that is going to be fascinating to see how they respond to things not going their way. How are they going to hit back? So, yeah, it's just it's just great. It's just been a really really successful winter. Um, I want to ask you about Harry Brook, man of the match in that first Test match. His form since coming into the Test team has been outstanding. He's a World Cup winner. Can you think maybe he's the last batsman that's come into an England Test team and looked that good so quickly? Joe Root. No, I think he's ahead of Joe Root, where Joe Root was at that stage of his career. Uh, Kevin Peterson, probably. Um, but Kevin was older, more mature, more experienced in terms of having played a lot of domestic cricket and, and, and worked on his game. But, but, but um, yeah, I think, I, you, you, I, I think, yeah, I certainly think he's ahead of where Joe was at, at the same age. Um, and the, the sky's the limit, isn't it? We, we just can't. We we're just not used to seeing player English players adapt to Test cricket so quickly. Obviously, he's got challenges to come. The way that um, New Zealand probably dismissed him uh, in the first innings, the bouncer strategy. I think Australia will probably look at look at that. Um, we haven't seen him really yet in a, in uh, in a situation where he's facing high pace on mm. a quick pitch. Um, but that doesn't really happen that often now in Test cricket anyway. Possibly next time we go to Australia, can't see. It those sort of pitches necessary in, in England next summer but obviously Australia got that very very powerful pace attack so that will be his, his, the sort of next challenge and when we can really sort of say how you know can judge him but at the moment it's just great to sit back and watch and mm. he just over the course of this winter he has be- gone from being the guy who uh, had barely played any test cricket to, to, to being their most reliable batsman the man he came in for was Johnny Bairstow. Um, Johnny spe- expected to be fit for the summer, and of course, I think it's probably no secret that he'll come straight back into the team, given his unbelievable form in the first half of the summer. Um, is it an obvious case that it will be Zach Crawley that drops out, or do you think there's any other way they could get Johnny Bairstow back into this team? Is this test match for Zach Crawley absolutely crucial that he gets runs if he's to give himself any chance of being in the team for the first test of the summer? Yes, I mean, it is important for Zach Crawley, um, but I think it's also probably important for Ben Folks because 
Obviously, Johnny Bairstow is very capable of batting seven and keeping wicket, um, which is where he's had his most success until last summer when he was batting five for England. Um, we don't know how Johnny's going to recover from his injury, whether he'll still have the same spring in his step to keep wicket in Test cricket. He hasn't done that for three years, but England have proved that they're willing to drop Ben Folkes. They did it in Pakistan when Ollie Pope get wicket. And to be honest, if they, I think if they wanted to get the extra seamer in here, they're not doing this, but if they did, they're probably more likely to yeah. leave out Ollie Pope than they are... Uh, sorry, to leave out Ben Folkes than they are... To leave out uh, Jack Leach, so um, that to me is the probably obvious swap, um, which would be incredibly harsh on Ben Folks, who has done everything and have asked of him. He's Mister mm. Reliable. He comes in, he plays a different way. He scored a fifty in the last Test that was important. Scored a fifty in Karachi that was important. But when you go down the list of the strike rates in the team, only Matt Potts and Jack Leach have a lower strike rate than him with the bats since McCullum sure. took over. So. Johnny Bairstow is a great batsman uh, and, and keeping him out of the team to keep Ben Folks in the side I, 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 that, that seems to me the most likely swap because I think they've seen something in, Jack, in, in Zach Crawley that at some point he is going to take teams apart and What do you think on Zach Crawley? I have interest Clearly they like him Are you as convinced? Uh, no, not, no, I'm not <laughs> I, I think that he, he seems to really struggle against high pace uh, against when the ball's swinging and also against top spinners as well. Uh, but we saw the the, the, the 200 at, at the Rose Bowl against Pakistan a couple of years ago. It's probably come a bit of a millstone around his neck because he's sort of expected to always... Mm. Uh, that set the bar very, very high for him. Uh, the 77 in Sydney was perhaps more indicative of what he could do on a flat pitch against pace attacks, which is um, which you know, could be the situation that he's in next summer. But he's also playing to order, playing the way that the team want him to play and going out there. And I think he's a bit like Jason Roy was in the 50-over yeah. setup. Um, sometimes accepting that he's going to give his wicket away. The one thing that I'm told by the people behind the scenes is that, you know, in the past there might have been a few of the lads looking at him, talking about him behind his back and sure. thinking, oh, he's going to struggle for his place. But now they're because they're, they're, they're winning, you know, they're so behind him and putting their arms around him. We'll hear from Anderson Broad very shortly in this podcast and we've got an extended exclusive interview with Jimmy and Broadie on day one at lunch on TalkSport 2. Um, a thousand wickets between them, over a thousand wickets between them now, playing in test matches together more than any other bowling pair overtaking Warner McGrath. Um, it's quite extraordinary, isn't it? They're still going. Jimmy's 40, Broad's 36. You guys asked him quite a lot, don't you, about retirement? Certainly Jimmy, do you ever think about it? He says, absolutely not. I'm going to go as long as I can. I'm taking it one test at a time. Do you believe that? Or do you maybe think in the back of either of their minds, there's an Ashes series this summer, there could be no better place to bow out? Or do you still genuinely think that India away next year, if they're fit and ready for that, they both want to go? I think I must have written in my end of year <laughs> review for the last three years that they're going to go, so I'll stop doing it now. Um, I think, yeah, I think the Ashes seems to me to be the natural break, particularly for, for, for Stuart Broad. Um, and I, I, they're having so much fun. I mean, they're enjoying it. And why wouldn't you? You know, their, their career is, is has gone on far longer than either of them expected to. This is a great environment for them to be playing in. They're treated with respect by everybody, teammates, the press, you know, the supporters, the opponents they're in a lovely lovely kind of autumn of their career and and why wouldn't they try and eke out as long as they can as long as they're performing and the amazing thing about I mean there's always a I reckon you go into every test match these days and you could probably write a broader Anderson stat uh, from it Um, but the one thing that was remarkable for me was that in that last test match Jimmy Anderson's bowling average was the lowest it had been since his second test 
And that's why we love Nick Holt for stats like that. That's pretty incredible, isn't it? I think I might have stolen that from somebody else. <laughs> but uh, but he, that, that, yeah. he, his average is he's 25, and it was last like that after his second test. And we're, in May, it'll be the 20th anniversary of his yeah. test debut. So, um, look, let's just enjoy him while we can, and because yeah, it won't be long before, mm. before England move on. But um, And we were talking about this the other day amongst the press guys, how many coaches that we've asked <laughs> the question, well, how are you going to handle the kind of transition from Broad and Anderson? You know, we must have been about four in a row we've asked that. So I think we'll stop asking Baz. Well, let's hope they can carry on for a long period of time. Um, Stone, Potts, Jackson, Lawrence, the four that didn't play in the first test. Are you expecting changes? I think we'll find out tomorrow. I think it's a choice between Robinson or Anderson, really, as to who shakes up better tomorrow and is fit enough to play after the first test. Um, Potts, uh, I thought he bowled beautifully last summer. I'd love to see him playing and he needs to have games uh, to improve, he has a bit of an issue bowling to left-handers, so maybe there's a lot of left-handers in this New Zealand team so maybe that's holding him back a little bit Ollie Stone, he's played three tests and I think he's always really performed well for England we'd love to see more of him and Stokes said last week didn't he, that he wants eight fit bowlers, fit seamers, stroke fast bowlers for the for the Ashes so I think you would want to see Stone um, see what he can provide um, so yeah, I, I don't think it'd be a bad thing if Robinson or Anderson missed out and England got to have a look at one of those two. Final question from me, Nick. New Zealand, uh, we know Matt Henry's going to be back. He missed the, the first test due to the, his, his wife giving birth. Um, are we expecting a better New Zealand team, a more dangerous New Zealand team, or, or do you think it's, it will be more of the same? They can't get any worse. I mean, <laughs> I, 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 we spoke to Tim Southey after the game and he... He was, said, he was asked, do you think there's a gulf between the two teams? And, he's, and obviously he's going to say no because mm. that's his role But but to boost his own team. But they've lost four in a row now, which suggests there is a pretty big gulf between the two sides. Their attack last week was 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 weakened and, and Matt Henry is a fine bowler. He's topping the averages in the domestic league uh, in the Plunkett Shield. Uh, he, he'll lift them massively. But the best thing about England at the moment, I think the way they're playing is they're really getting into the opposition's heads. They're, trying to, they're making them double think, double take on how they approach their cricket and how they, 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 they respond to England's tactics. And New Zealand have had four cracks and they haven't actually come up with an answer yet. So I think you're going to win here and win 2-0. And you're loving it on you, Nick. You've been doing this for many, many years. Are you still loving being on the roads, writing for the Telegraph, mixing with the players, doing your thing? Is it still as a special covering England as it was when you first started many years ago? Well, you get people like you coming along and making <laughs> us feel younger. So, yeah, yeah no, that, that, that's fantastic. And... Um, Look, it's much easier to write about England when they're winning than when they're losing. Is it? Because is there? Because I, I, that's interesting, actually. I was thinking that last Test match, right? It's kind of what we've seen for the last year, right? Smacking six is aggressive cricket. But if England lose, you know, individual players might come under pressure. I would have thought it might be easier. But in terms of writing perspective, there's more to write about when it's one Test win in 17. Not that we want that, of course. Actually, I mean, you, you're right in some respects. Is that what you want is a changing narrative. So yes. you want them winning and then losing. <laughs> yeah. So you've constantly got something different to, yeah. to, to write about. I think one thing I've learned is that good news sells in cricket. So people are interested in reading about England when they're winning, less so when they're losing. As journalists, we want to get to the answer and get to the story. So when they're losing, there is more to write about. You want to find out what's going on behind the scenes. I mean, you always want to find out what's going on behind the scenes, but there's more of a, more of a hunger for finding out why I think, why, why is it going wrong at the moment and what's happened. Um, so you don't get that with England winning, 
But like I say, I find that people are engaging with cricket more, engaging with our copy more than they have done for, for a long time. Well, Nick, we love you. I love reading your stuff in the Daily Telegraph, along with Tim Wigmore and the new recruit, Will McPherson, who is a good friend of mine. And I'm always going to do my best to try and keep you young, Nick. Thank you. You're doing a grand job so far. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. If your passion for travel is on par with your passion for cricket, then I have some excellent news. The ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup final is being hosted in Barbados this June, which makes it the perfect destination for your summer holidays this year. To make the most of your trip, you can also experience eight matches from the series in Barbados, including... England against Scotland and England against Australia. In under a month's time, you could be spending your days exploring the vibrant streets of Bridgetown, drinking rum in the sunshine and experiencing exotic Bayesian delicacies in the culinary capital of the Caribbean. There truly is something for everyone. There's no need to wait a second longer. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, truly the best place to be a cricket fan. That's the Daily Telegraph's cricket correspondent, Nick Holt, speaking with the following on podcast, a very good man. Now, something special that we are going to be bringing to you during the lunch break on day one of this first test match is an exclusive sit-down interview between Jimmy Anderson and Stuart Broad and TalkSport's very own double-ashed winner, Steve Harmson. It's a 20-minute in-depth chat about Anderson and Broad coming into the England team, taking over here in New Zealand from Harmson and Matthew Hoggard. And they talk about their amazing careers and what it's like right now to be part of this amazing England team. The full interview is during lunch on day one. Let's hear a little bit of a sneak preview now from both Anderton and Broad talking about the special times at the moment in this England team. Enjoying being around this group at the moment. You know, what we've achieved in the last sort of probably almost 12 months now uh, is incredible. You know, we've got a, an amazing atmosphere in the dressing room. Guys are hungry to do well. Um, you know, sitting down after the, the game in Taranga that, as a group just realizing how special it is to what we you know how we've played that week how we've played for the last few months you know it's, it is incredibly special so obviously that yeah, there's nothing bigger for for an english player than the ashes so we're um, absolutely buzzing for it um, obviously there's a little bit of time to go before that so i think it's as Brody's touched on it's about just looking after now like look let's try and build some more, more momentum this week try and keep playing the way we have been um, keep trying to get better uh, all the time uh, and then hopefully we can hit the, the summer. You know, it's not. Uh, it's quite early on in the summer, so we've not got much time uh, after this before that. So it's um, yeah, it's just really exciting. Hopefully we can uh, give it a good crack. 
for me, just looking from when you try and step back away from the team, looking from the outside, you could look at it as one of the most exciting Ashes since arguably 05. You know, I think the way that both teams are playing, um, it'll be, it's going to be a, an incredible battle. But one thing within our group, A, I've not heard the Ashes mentioned once within our group. It's not been a focus at all. Uh, and neither like we don't judge ourselves on results I know that sounds ridiculous because we are in a results driven business but we you know we we're very much about our style we're about entertaining as long people have you know come a long way to New Zealand and bought tickets to watch us play we want them to leave the day's play going wow this team's so fun to watch and almost if we tick off that as our group if we've entertained that in that day then we're happy let alone if we've lost 10 wickets or conceded 300 runs as long as we're entertaining and if we keep that mindset going forward it's pretty exciting for the summer I think More to come from Jimmy Anderson and Stuart Broad speaking exclusively with Talk Sports Double Ashes winner Steve Harmison on day one at lunch you do not want to miss it it is a fantastic interview a reminder every single ball of the second test match between New Zealand and England is live on TalkSport 2 first ball is at 10pm all the build up from 9pm and again that interview Anderson and Broad will be at lunch thank you very much for listening to the following on podcast just two days out from the second test match between New Zealand and England The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. And this is your gentle reminder that Barbados is the best place to be a cricket fan. With eight matches from the ICC Men's T20 Cricket World Cup Series taking place in Barbados this summer, including the final, you can experience the summer of a lifetime by booking today. Aside from immersing in world-class cricket in the sunshine, Barbados is the dream destination for all travel enthusiasts. It is where adventure meets paradise, the culinary capital of the Caribbean, and better still, the birthplace of rum. If you are keen to unite with cricket fans across the globe for what is set to be an unforgettable summer, then head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 